Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so I just want to thank the Beachbury uh, Concerned Citizens for convening this group and Councilwoman Rudiak's office uh, for all their hard, hard work, uh, really uh, helping, to get, helping to get to the point where we are today. Uh, as you all know, it's uh, old history, uh, but URA has owned uh, four properties in this neighborhood. Uh, two or three of them are former nuisance bars. Um, someone was murdered in one of them, I think, at one point in time. Uh, but we've been marketing those properties uh, with, with little success, obviously, at the end of the day. They're, they're still sitting vacant. Uh, been through a number of different requests for proposal processes. Uh, met with a lot of interested buyers, uh, and as we've talked about previously at meetings uh, here in the community, uh, when the URA as a state-designated redevelopment authority, when we sell property, it's not like you selling property to, to a, a second party. We have to make sure that there's plans for that property uh, to bring it back up to code and, and occupancy permits, uh, that, that the buyer has to have the, the money in place before we can close and sell a property, not only to buy the property, but to complete the renovation of that property. And then throughout the city, whenever URA sells a property, we maintain a deed restriction on that property uh, first until the developer or the purchaser completes what they said they were going to do. Uh, so that's why we require plans and the evidence of financing uh, and then for a period of 20 years thereafter, the use cannot change uh, without the consent of the Urban Redevelopment Authority Board. So those are, those are kind of little different rules uh, when we as a redevelopment agency are selling property and conveying property. So it makes it a little harder uh, to sell properties, but at the end of the day, uh, when we do sell property, there's a pretty solid assurance that the development is going to happen. Uh, so that brings us to where we are today. Uh, we had uh, rolling RFPs, which means essentially requests for proposals is open, and anybody that is interested could submit a proposal. Uh, there were uh, the process and what, what the proposal had to have in it were posted on our website and they were distributed. Uh, in the building at 1601, which I guess is the former hot tamales. Uh, that right? I'm going back in history now. Big dogs. Big dogs. So, 1601, proposal was submitted by Atlas Development. Uh, you'll hear from them in a moment uh, for that project. Three other properties that the URA owns in the neighborhood, one next to us, right off the store here, 1619 Broadway Avenue, and then two on the corner next to the grocery store, uh, right at Hampshire on Broadway. 1600 and 1602, I guess, was the former Matthews. That was torn down and is now a vacant lot. Uh, those three properties we issued a third, third round of requests for proposals, we call it RFP. And from that, from that request for proposals process, 
yielded the proposal that you're going to hear about tonight. Uh, so the URA board has, has uh, authorized us to enter into exclusive negotiations uh, with Atlas Development for this project. Uh, part of all of our, our redevelopments, when we do a redevelopment, we come out and share those plans with the community to get feedback uh, before coming back for the next formal actions uh, that will take place at the Urban Redevelopment Authority Board. Um, those are public meetings as well. URA Board meets and has met for the last 70 years. The second Thursday of the month at 200 Ross Street on the 13th floor. For 70 years, that's where the meeting's been. Same time, same place. Uh, so it's a pu public meeting. Everyone's welcome. Uh, we will get the word out uh, through Phyllis and the organization uh, when, when uh, action will be taken, the next steps on this uh, project. Uh, just to mention, there is one other property that URA does own uh, in the neighborhood, and that is uh, directly across the street. It's, it's the grocery store, the IGA. Uh, that is owned by URA, and we are leasing it uh, uh, to, to the operators and uh, would hope at some point to uh, you know, throw in a position to exercise an option to purchase it. Uh, but we are the owner of that property. Um, I guess that, the, that's all I'll say right now in the way of background. I do want to acknowledge uh, staff, uh, Kryn Hoyer-Winfield uh, from URA's Economic Development Department. Working in the neighborhood, and uh, thank you, Kren and uh, Josette Fitzgibbons, uh, also are working on our Main Street program, neighborhood business support, working very closely with Mr. Pyatt. Um, so, so, so with that said, I do want to introduce uh, Daniel Berkowitz and Ben, Ben, I'm sorry, I don't know last name, Samson, uh, from Atlas Development, and they will uh, describe what's being proposed. Uh, for 1600, companion with 1602, and for 1619, and you'll probably talk, imagine, about 1601 as well. Sure. Okay. I'd like to remind everybody we're going to hold questions until the end of the presentation. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to look this way, but I'll stand this way because sound works like that. Um, <laughs> I want to thank everyone for turning out. This is without a doubt, I've been coming for probably the last seven months. The most attended BACC meeting I've seen, and I'll reiterate what Phyllis said, who really has done a tremendous job of keeping this organization going and the real central point of, of the neighborhood. Uh, this is a great place to come and learn about what's going on in the neighborhood, first Thursday of the month. Um, so it doesn't have to be just tonight, it can be every night. Um, obviously, I want to thank Councilwoman Rudiak and everything she's done to get us to this point, and, and Ashley, her chief of staff, the URA staff have been supportive in the mayor's office. Um, tonight is the beginning of a journey together, right? This is not a developer imposing something, and this isn't a community doing something on its own. We're working together. Um, we have to work together to make this work. So we're here to listen. We're here to answer questions. And hopefully together we can really start to turn this neighborhood into what we all have always dreamed it to be. Um, we're going to go slow. We're going to take things one at a time and get them done. And uh, hopefully success breeds success. So I really appreciate everyone coming out tonight. And uh, we can begin. So I want to walk through the uses of each of the buildings first. This is what's going to go on inside. And then we'll talk about the design on the outside. 
And we'll start first with 1600 and 1602, which is the building in the vacant lot at the corner of Broadway and Hampshire next to the supermarket. And what we're proposing, and we have letters of intent from tenants, meaning we don't have a lease, but we have a pretty good indication that these folks want to be there with us, um, is a 1,680-square-foot diner, and that would be in the retail space, the first floor space of that existing red brick building. So that first floor space, um, if you can imagine $20 for two folks, so for 10 bucks you can fill your tummy, get a great drink, um, good southern food, you know, chickens and waffles and grits and all the kind of stuff that, that folks would want. We're not sure if it'll be 24-7, that's the goal. We'll have to see how things go up here. But uh, it's at a trolley stop. I could envision folks starting their Sunday mornings before Steeler games, grabbing breakfast, and then heading down to the stadium. Um, I think it's a great resource for the community. It's something that people have been asking for online. We've really been listening to what folks want. Um, we'll get to the upstairs in a minute. I'll skip down to the basement. Um, we're going to try and put in a thousand square foot speakeasy. Um, I didn't know the word speakeasy was invented in Pittsburgh. Because um, we invented everything great. McKeesport. Alright, that's the Pittsburgh to me. <laughs> um, the speakeasy will be a place to program live music events. So, um, jazz, stand-up comedy. Uh, a couple of the teens in the parking lot asked if we could have a night where they get to have amateur hour, and we said, great. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, we'll likely apply for a liquor license. So it's a place where you can get drinks. Um, you'll see when we get into the interiors, classy joint, open to the neighborhood, a place to go, and hopefully a place, too, to draw people who aren't from Beachview to Beachview, because a lot of what we're trying to do with these three first anchor buildings is get the word out, right, and let people know that we've really got something amazing up here if they would come and check it out. Um, in the basement also will be seven parking spaces for cars and 14 bike parking spaces. That's the required amount of parking necessary for the development we're proposing. So zoning says when you build something, you need to have an adequate amount of parking so it doesn't overload the streets and cause problems, and we've accommodated that. And then we'll go back to the other new component, as you'll see on the first floor and the upper floors. We're proposing a boutique hotel. Um, and that's the best word to describe it. It's got three components to it. We'll walk through them more specifically in the presentation. It will have apartments that people rent like normal, 12 months, 24 months. It will have uh, suites that folks could rent for a day or two days or three days. Um, and it will also have bunk rooms for people who are traveling through town and just need a place to hang their hat overnight and then go on their way. As far as who would be here, uh, we've really looked at what the needs are in the city and what Beachview can fulfill. And right now, the average cost of a hotel room in our city is 300 bucks a night after taxes, um, which is great. It means our city's on the move, but it's also expensive. And so if I'm a couple that came into town for a console energy concert, where am I going to stay? Well, this could be a place. If I'm an attorney who is in town for a trial, where could I stay? This could be a place. If I'm a doctor in town for a procedure for a few days, this is a place. If I've got kids at Children's Hospital and just need somewhere to stay in town while we're working on that, this is a place. Um, and there's also a little-known fact, but there's roughly 2,000 Europeans, right? Northern Europeans who travel through our region. Many of them work at the golf courses over the summer. They don't want to be an au pair. They're caddies and waiters and waitresses. And inevitably, their friends come and visit them and want to see America. And they've always said, well, we don't really have a, 
place to stay when we do that, and this could be that place too. And so um, we thought that a proposed use of a boutique hotel brings different people to the neighborhood, more people to the neighborhood to buy coffee at Brew and tacos next to the supermarket and go to the Alpine and, and go to um, the Huddle um, versus 10 apartments that would just have folks who kind of come and go to sleep and everything else. Um, so we're pretty excited about that use and we'll talk about what we need to do to make that happen uh, in the presentation. Um, 1601 Broadway, across the street, We've got a letter of intent from, it used to be Ohio City Pasta, and now it's City Fresh Pasta. He's pretty common at the farmer's markets around town. He's a wholesale operation that makes most of the pasta and sauces that restaurants serve you. Um, and so we love that he's a wholesale guy, because he can run his operation regardless of the retail traffic in the neighborhood for now. But on the first floor, he will also be establishing a retail space. So we'll have a pasta restaurant, Italian restaurant, um, that's probably more $20 a person price point, um, but still a nice night out, accessible to the neighborhood, and hopefully a draw to people who, who don't live here. And then the upper floors, each floor will be a flat or an apartment. So on the second floor, we're going to have two bedrooms and two bathrooms. On the third floor, we'll have two bedrooms and one bathroom with a deck off the back. Uh, like most properties in the neighborhood, the views from even the first floors are amazing, um, and the deck off the back of that building is really a, a pretty neat feature to build. Lastly, we have 1619 Broadway, which is right next door. Um, now it's the little blue building. Um, that's going to be a strictly commercial building, right? Office space. Um, and so we've got 850 square feet for Sorgatron Media. Um, they'll be doing community podcasting, and right now they operate out of the neighborhood. The Sorgs live in Beachview um, and are graduating from their basement to retail frontage, which is exciting. Um, behind that, we have 600 square feet of office space. Originally, we were talking to a real estate broker, and now I've got a letter of intent from an insurance agency that wants to come and take the offices in the back. And then in the basement, um, we have a local event planner, Peacock Creations, who, again, is operating out of her basement, but her business is taking off, and she needs storage space and space to show clients' designs for events. And it's perfect. Uh, there's even a cooler down there that uh, she can store her flowers in, so she was really excited about having a spot on, on the Broadway. Um, so that's what's going to happen inside the buildings. Let's talk about what's happening outside the buildings. Okay? So this is 1602 Broadway. This is the corner of Hampshire and Broadway. Um, as you can see, it's the existing red brick building. It'll stay. We're not demolishing it. We're not touching it. We love this building. It's one of the few architectural gyms that the neighborhood has, and we really need to preserve it. Um, so on the first floor where the crossing guard is standing and the little stickers are in the window, that's where the diner will go. Um, next to it, where the sort of glass garage door in the new building will be the lobby to the boutique hotel. And the upper floors of the entire building will be residential space for that hotel. Um, on the side here in Hampshire will be the speakeasy. The main exit isn't from this street. The exit's from inside the building. And this outside exit will be fire exit ADA accessibility. So there's not crowds gathering on the sidewalk. It'll be happening in the building. Um, the design philosophy here was that this is a moment to respect the history of Beachview, but it's also a moment to you know, show newness. Right? And so there's some, some new architecture with old architecture. And the idea is we've got almost 30,000 people who drive through this neighborhood every day on the trolley or on a car. 
it's got to be something to capture their imagination as they pass by and let them know there's, there's really a, a new day coming. Um, so that's the front rendering. This is a view from the back. If you're coming up Hampshire towards Broadway, uh, you can see under the building will be the necessary parking. Right? So there's an existing curb cut, uh, basically a driveway across the sidewalk on Hampshire now. We're making use of that, and you'll park under the building. Now, because we're an older neighborhood, there's not stormwater drainage on Hampshire. Right? There's no drains that take the stormwater from Broadway down Hampshire. And that creates an issue. Because when you pave a parking lot, you've got to provide for stormwater mitigation. You've got to deal with the water. If not, a paved parking lot's going to be running into Michelle Sukup's house. Um, and so what we're proposing is a dual use. It would be a deck over the parking to capture the rainwater. Right? So it's functional, but at the same time it's a deck with great views. So it's kind of a dual use. Um, and we'll get into, uh, we have a zoning hearing that's coming up. We'll talk about the date and why we're doing that. Um, but we've got parking in the back, a green deck, um, and then that's kind of a back view of the building, how the new component, if you think about it, the existing building sits there and we're building kind of a 90 degree Tetris piece or an L around the building that kind of hugs it or wraps it. So this is the actual kind of rendering um, that just shows you how it would sit on the street. If you can envision it, people would enter the building in that darkened out middle space. So that's the main entry. It lets us get rid of that ramp in front of the building that blocks the sidewalk because everybody would be entering the building on level. So wheelchair accessible, ADA accessible, no problems there. And you would either turn to the right to go into the diner or to the left to go into the um, youth, uh, to the uh, boutique hotel. So um, you'd have decks and all that kind of stuff. Here on the side, actually go back as I've been. Um, if you look, what we're proposing is that we make the front windows of the existing building match the windows on the side. One of the really neat aspects of the building is those arched windows on Hampshire are recessed into the building. It's really a beautiful element, and we think it's nice to have the front match. So if you see what we're saying is it wouldn't be a glass window. It would be a recessed balcony inside the building. So there's some proportion to how it would be. And then we have balconies on the new part as well. Because we really do think that um, if you think about in Europe over the town squares, there's always the, um, the older ladies leaning out of their windows and watching what goes on. And that, that activates a neighborhood. It, it creates people. And, and, and um, you know, I know people when I get off the Fallowfield Station are sitting on their porch and they say hi or yell at me or do something. But it's an interaction, right? And it, it, it creates you know, excitement. Um, this would be a side view of the building from Hampshire. So again, there's those arched windows of a really neat element of the building, as well as the new building component that wraps around the back. And you can see, um, I'm actually going to ask Annie to stand up and play Vanna White. Can you do that for a minute? <laughs> I need you to just take your hand and move it up like a weather lady. Here we go. A little bit higher. That's perfect. So her hand is basically where the deck is, if you see that coming off the back of the building. All right, so there's a deck, and the void underneath it is the parking area where people would drive in, and then you've got the building itself, right? Spectacular job. Let's give her a hand. Now you nailed it. Checks in the mail. Um, this is a view from the back of the building. So again, you can see um, we've cut away the ground a bit, but uh, the parking underneath the building with the deck above 
and what you're looking at is all new construction. Right? The new part of the building wraps around the back. Um, folks would be on the deck enjoying the views outside. People would be in the balconies, and that's how the building, the building would look. Um, this gets into kind of how each of the floors are laid out. We thought it was important to demonstrate how this really does accommodate parking needs in the neighborhood. That's radically important. Um, we do believe the trolley is the real gem of the neighborhood. No other neighborhood has it. Um, when you think of who stays at a boutique hotel, they probably don't drive cars. They came in from the airport and took a taxi or an Uber or rode the trolley or something like that. Um, so we're hoping that this is really a place that brings people who are going to walk around and not be parking cars and, and that kind of thing. Um, versus apartments, which frankly could bring even more car traffic in, in our view. Uh, so we've got seven parking spaces under the building, ADA-compliant parking space, we have bike parking spaces, um, all of the dumpsters and trash-related issues would happen under the building on the inside, right? so there's no garbage outside of the building, odors and, and things like that. Um, we've got the elevator and the stair column that would bring you from this floor to the upper floors, wherever you needed to go. And then that large gray box is the uh, jazz club, right? that's the speakeasy. So you would access the underside of the building from the parking lot and the elevator lobby and go into the building that way. Um, so that's the ground floor. On the first floor here, um, there's a neat little space between the IGA and the building. If you walk by next time, you'll notice the IGA kind of bumps out, and that's the property line. So we're saying there should be sort of a shared green space between the buildings, trees, a little parklet. Um, the new construction building is the whole space around that gray box at the top. The deck is the sort of hashed area along the back. So this entire area with the kind of dotted um, interior is the lobby to the boutique hotel. We've got ADA accessible bathrooms on the first floor. We've got the elevator lobby, the check-in desk, the diner will take the first floor, and of course the deck we've been talking about as a place for outdoor seating and, and things like that. Again, everything would be accessible through the middle of the building. So you can see as you come in, there's sort of a line with a rounded triangle. That's the sign for a door in architectural drawings. And there's a door to the right or the left to get into the buildings. This is uh, the second floor. And I know there's a lot going on here. We tried to kind of outline it in blue to show you how the rooms work. But what we're proposing is two different things on the second floor. This is um, a bunk room. So if anyone's ever been to Europe and stayed at a youth hostel, it's very common. Backpackers and younger people who were here for a concert or just wanted to visit Pittsburgh for the arts festival and didn't want to pay 300 bucks a night for a hotel room could stay here with friends or others. Um, so we have a male bunk room at the top and a female bunk room uh, at the bottom. Uh, the female bunk room has a private bathroom in it. We thought that was important. The male bunk room makes use of shared bathroom facilities in the hallways. Um, in the back, you can see we have suite one, two, three, and four. Those suites are like hotel rooms. Right? It's a bedroom with a bathroom and a closet, so it's a place that someone would rent like a hotel room. Um, and so that's the second floor. We think that this is the more transient floor. Right? People would stay here for a week, a few days, but we're probably not staying here for months. Right? That's the second floor. The third floor is a little bit different. The third floor has two things. The gray box at the top is a continuation of the suites. They're a little larger, so this would be for someone that's maybe they're in town for U.S. Steel or UPMC for a month for training 
and they need somewhere to stay. These are a little bit larger suites, so this would be extended stay, right? The three bedroom, the two bedroom units, the three two bedroom units around the corner are actual apartments that we would rent. So you could have a 12 month lease or a 24 month lease. And these are what we're kind of calling the penthouses. If you see what looks almost like a uh, trivial pursuit piece or an orange wedge, that's a spiral staircase. So these units actually have a bedroom, a uh, living area, kitchen on the first floor, spiral staircase to a lofted bedroom up top that really has neat, neat views of the neighborhood. Um, it's, it's not a conventional use for a building, but we think for Beachview it's an important use because we have the trolley, we're accessible to downtown, and it's the kind of mix of use that brings a lot of activity to a neighborhood. Um, I want to talk about the zoning hearing we're having for this building. Right? It's on June 16th at 9.20 in the morning, 200 Gross Street. Everyone's invited to attend. Um, it's an important forum for the community to understand and be involved in. We're asking for three zoning variances for this building. And I won't get completely developer nerd, but I think it's, it's important to understand. One of them is for FAR, which is floor area ratio. So when you build a building in our city, you're basically allowed to have twice the heated square footage, the living space, as the size of the lot. Right? So if a lot is 30 feet by 60 feet, that's 180 feet. All right. I'm not good at math. Um, so you can have twice that inside the building. Right? Either a second floor or a third floor, but you're not allowed to have more of building than that square footage twice. And we're asking for 2.4. Right? So we're asking for more size of a building than, than is normally allowed. Um, so that's the first variance we're asking for. The second variance, the way the building is zoned, you're allowed to build all the way to the property line. Right? So the front can go to the property line, the side can go to the property line, that's allowed. The back of the building, if there's no alley, right? if there's an alley in the back of the building, you um, are allowed to go within... I think it's, it depends. 20 feet, right? Um, so in this scenario, the building should end 20 feet from the back lot line, from the neighbor behind us, right? And we're actually going uh, 16 feet away. So we're asking for four extra space, four extra feet towards Michelle, our neighbor to the back. And we've been talking to her, and she seems pretty comfortable with the idea. Um, and we're working with her to make sure that she's accommodated, and that's important. We want to be good neighbors. So the building would go an extra four feet back than it normally would. Okay? The third is that we have the deck on the back, and typically a deck has to be five feet away from a back property line, and we're asking for the deck to go to the property line. Okay? Now here's why. Um, it's not because we want to build a bigger deck or because we want to build a bigger building. We have to cover the parking. And in order to have the parking necessary to build a building like this, we have to build that parking underneath all the way. And so it has to be covered all the way, or we have to do rainwater and stormwater. And to put in stormwater drains down Hampshire Avenue, we're talking $250,000. Um, it's just cost prohibitive. An easier way to solve it is if you build a deck higher than Broadway, you can actually drain all the water to Broadway where there is stormwater. So, I mean, there is a reason. Right? And we've been working with Michelle to, to let her know, and, and um, I think that's, that's important. So that's 1600 and 1602 Broadway Avenue. Um, this just gives you a sense of what's going on inside. It's not going to look exactly like this. 
And I think this is important. This is a development. Right? You put something on one side of the machine and what comes out the other is always a little different. Um, so if someone says this was going to be a chair and now it's a couch or you know, this is going to be this big and now it's something else, I, I couldn't even tell you right now. I don't even know exactly how it will be. We have to go through planning and zoning and review. But the concepts we're going for would be a boutique hotel lounge. It's kind of upscale and trendy. The speakeasy bar, the same. This isn't a nuisance bar. This isn't trouble. This is you know, a nice place for the neighborhood to congregate. And then a diner. This is actually views of a famous diner in New Orleans called the Camellia Grill. Um, we have a former chef of the Camellia Grill who is considering coming in and, and operating the space here. Um, and it would be very similar. You'd have the diner counter along the wall with booths and seating and, and just a place that I can envision um, the councilwoman having her meetings in the morning and, and the folks coming and enjoying a breakfast before they go to the Steelers games and anybody just coming there throughout the day and, and a place to sit and congregate and, and enjoy. Um, so that's kind of an interior look at the building. That's obviously the biggest and most extensive project we're doing. The other one's across the street, 1601 Broadway. This building is complicated. Um, to be honest, this building is falling down on itself. Right? It's been a long time. There's a lot of issues with the foundation. Um, originally, our intention was to tear it down. It's easier. But again, it's one of the architectural elements of the neighborhood, and so we're going to preserve it. And so we're literally going to brace the walls of the building, and there will be a point, maybe everyone can come and check it out, where you'll stand in the basement and look up and see the underside of the roof. We're pretty much clearing everything inside out because it's falling down and it's not level, it's not structurally sound, and we're going to rebuild the building on the inside. Once we've done that, we're going to come and completely redo the facade. Again, in keeping with the look of the building, we're not changing the envelope, we're not changing the tower. Uh, we will take what's right now a brick wall, basically, on the first floor that doesn't do anybody any good. You can't see what's going on inside. We're going to turn it into an operable glass wall, so it's kind of like an accordion that you can open. Again, you know, when the weather's nice, open it up, and, and a lot of interaction inside now. And then again, the second floor and the third floor would be apartments. This other rendering is the view from the back, so you can see the building remains the same. The only thing we're adding to it is right now, the second floor is larger than the third floor, so we're going to improve the structure of the building so you can have a deck off the back of that upper floor apartment. Um, so that's the building across the street, 1601. As far as what goes inside of it, again, we talked about it. We have the pasta restaurant on the first floor and a private residence on the second floor and a private residence on the third floor. And then lastly, our next-door neighbor here, 1619. Um, this is really something where the building is basically an interior renovation. Right? There's not a lot of work that we have to do to this one. It's structurally sound. It's a great little building. Um, and think of it as a neighborhood office building. Right? Your butcher, your baker, your candlestick maker kind of thing. So, um, Sorgatron Media. Um, originally, it was Bear Real Estate. Now we're talking to Ann Truschel, who's a insurance established insurance agent in Squirrel Hill. They wants to open an office in the south, and then Peacock Creations, which is the event group. And um, what we've done here is we've recessed the entrance so that the ramp, again, this is a building where the floor is higher than the sidewalk. So for wheelchair access and ADA access, we could have built a ramp in front of it. We thought that ramps in front of the buildings are not the greatest because you can't interact with the space. And so we're actually ramping the entrance up as you walk into the building. So that red area is a recessed area. And so anybody that needs ADA access to the building would just ramp right up to the front door and in they go. Um, if you think about it, it's, it's a little hard to see, but there's a tiny little on-air sign in the window. 
Um, Sorgatron Media is going to be recording things. If you think about it, it's almost like an old-school Motown DJ booth where you walk by on the window and you can see things being recorded and stuff happening inside. Um, maybe we have TVs displaying what they're doing in the window or speakers playing what they're recording. Uh, but again, something that can really bring some vibrancy. And so between these three buildings, these are really important corners to the northern retail end of the neighborhood. Um, God willing, a year from now, uh, we won't be meeting in the basement of a church. We'll be outside cutting ribbons and um, celebrating our new buildings. So that's our vision. Right? It's just one team's vision. Um, we're keenly interested in community feedback, how we use it. Um, from a design standpoint, I know there's a lot of folks who have opinions about should it be blue or red or should it be this or that. In our opinion, design starts a conversation. If people weren't talking about it, then we haven't done our job. If everybody liked it, we haven't done our job. Um, but we need people to you know, talk about it. Um, so that's kind of the end of the presentation. And um, so we can turn on the lights, and I'm happy to take questions, or I'll leave it to Henry to guide us from here. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.